0: You watch porn he says yeah i said what well, do you enjoy the guy with the little one doing her or do you enjoy watching the guy with the big one doing it and he says well obviously you want to watch the guy with the big one i said well you ain't that straight <laughs> oh um i guess so <laughs> what Hello people of the world and far beyond, my name is Jay Finlayson, I'm a filmmaker, a man of rant and words, and being in quarantine has driven me over the edge. Where I've developed more personalities than Dennis in the M. Night Shyamalan's 2016 film split. I've probably pronounced his name wrong, I always pronounce stuff wrong, I've got some slight off of a speech impediment, I hope it annoys you. I found myself talking to myself about absolute nonsense for things I've recently watched and thought, why not record yourself and upload to the internet to humiliate yourself? So that's what I'm doing. I thought about doing YouTube vlogs, but I've got a facial radio. I haven't got a voice for radio, but fuck it. I didn't have to get out of bed, and I didn't have to change for my PJs, so podcasts will have to do. Joe passed out condoms with his face on them. Political condoms. Vote from me or you need this because you're screwed. The internet recently blew up with some memes of a bleach blonde gunslinging hillbilly gun by the name of Joe Exotic. And with being locked up indoors due to a global epidemic, I seem to have a lot of time on my hands to catch up on things I've wanted to watch. So I guess it was time to open up Netflix and blame Kyle Baskin for what I had to indulge in. Tiger King is a strange ducky series that follows the trial of Joe Exotic, not going to lie I thought it was a short documentary film and I wasn't sure if I could commit to the full 7 episode series. During the first 2 episodes I was skeptical about continuing but a little man inside my head told me, hey mate, you've committed to watching 2 episodes so far, you can't give up now. By the third episode I was completely hooked on his character and that is Joe Exotic rather envious of those who made this docu-series as they've managed to document such an exotic counter and an amazing storyline with plots, twists and complete madness. <laughs> I have my first two albums that I did. This is my first album, I Saw Tiger and this is my second album, Starstruck. I saw Tiger Now I understand I saw Tiger Tiger saw the rest of the series unfolds the character that we know as Joe Exotic and many others who spend their time around him. You start to become infested in their lives and their opinions, their ups and downs, and the method of storytelling allows you to make your own judgement by who is right or wrong throughout the series. But it portrays most major characters as antagonists, whilst making the animals in the zoos as protagonists. But some will argue that the whole series completely forgets about the animals in the series. It, it, it's up to you, you can make your own judgement when you want. The politics of the show develops a defiant, greedy stigma within those major characters, whereas you feel empathy of the side characters who have no choice but to be there for the animals and nowhere else to go. If it wasn't for the whole COVID 19 epidemic, this series would have been less successful, as the release of the show was just right for the stream service to keep its interest in subscribers. But We'll be covering this in a little moment. Without spoiling the series too much, I admit this is a must watch series and it's something for you to invest your time in. It's jam-packed with mystery, murder, comedy and a brilliant soundtrack written by Joe himself apparently and with Jeremy Kyle off the air you need something else to make your life feel better. Don't forget my disclaimer, everything is an opinion of mine, it's not attached to any company, any business or anybody else, like I really give a shit. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. I consider that bitch to be one of the biggest terrorists in the exotic animal world. Carol Baskin. By the introduction and the previous review I just read out to this episode, you would have guessed it. This episode is about everyone's current favorite meme genre in the Netflix series, Tiger King. Well, kinda. Released 20th of March 2020, directed by Eric Goody and Rebecca Chowkin. If I pronounce that right, I'm sorry if it's pronounced wrong. Chow Chal- Chai Chaklin. The series consists of seven documentary episodes and a special episode hosted by Joe McGill, interviewing some of the contributors to see where they are with their lives now, Joe Exotic, and their thoughts about the docu series itself. According to Netflix, Tiger King took approximately five years to film. Year production started in two thousand and fourteen. Over the five-year period, footage was edited into seven 45-minute episodes. Directors Eric Goody and Rebecca Chalkin stated we had a story that was unfolding every day, practically. If someone was in the field, all footage was coming in from shooting 18 hours a day. Eric Goody, a defaulted reptile conservationist, initially set out to investigate an infamous Florida-based snake dealer. Just by chance, he and Chalkin came across a man pictured in episode 1 with a caged snow leopard in the back of his van in humid 100 degree weather. And that sent me out on this journey to really understand what is going on with people keeping big cats in this country, Goody explained during an interview. According to recent records, Tiger King was a massive hit within the first 10 days from its release date. The show had reached an audience of 34.3 million people. Oh Tigers, it's 2020, we don't discriminate. Which makes the show Netflix's most successful show to date. Oh no, Tiger King is a huge success. It is a prime example of timing is everything when it comes to release dates for film and TV shows. But did Tiger King save Netflix from its competitors? Four days after the release of Tiger King on Netflix, on the 24th of March 2020, in the UK, Disney Plus was launched. Four months and 12 days after initial launch in the US. In the United States, Disney reportedly amassed more than 1 million subscribers through pre-orders. And it's easy to see why Disney is throwing a lot of weight behind Disney Plus. Often hallmark franchise like Marvel and Star Wars, not to mention a treasure chest full of nostalgic films we all grew up on. Disney is a massive household name to many and everyone knows what Disney is. Disney Plus had snagged an estimate of twenty four million US subscribers as of the end of november twenty nineteen. And the strong debut for the Mouse House's new streaming package boosted cancellations among Netflix customers, according to a new Wall Street Analyst. But this may be wrong. As for Netflix, at the end of November 2019, at the end of quarter 4, Netflix had 167.09 million active users. 61.04 million were US citizens, which is 1 million more than its last quarter. Statistics show that throughout the year in two thousand nineteen, the U.S. Netflix has a steady stream of users from sixty point twenty-three million to sixty point sixty-two million users between quarter one and quarter three. Whereas quarter four, it had sixty-one point zero four million, as I stated before, and that was U.S. servers, U.S. servers, U.S. citizens. Sorry. Quarter 4 statistics show in November, approximately 1 million users signed up to Netflix US during Disney's launch in the United States. With 2020's active quota, Netflix has now got to date 182.86 million worldwide users, with 69.97 million living in the US. Each quarter throughout the year, Netflix's database has a steadily increasing, rather than dis- decreasing and with stock shares staying the same, with a slight increase proves that Disney didn't make a dent to Netflix user space as predicted by analysts. According <laughs> to Netflix subscribers are a loyal bunch, with the majority reporting that they would keep Netflix even if the monthly subscription price increased, and subscribers will also state that they would continue using the service with ads with a wealth of content spanning multiple genres. Under the diverse catalogue of TV shows, movies and documentaries, Netflix appeals to a wide audience and constantly impresses users with its often binge-worthy original content. Whilst Disney has fifty million subscribers around the world to date, Disney is still behind in the world of demand streaming of film and TV. With the majority of films people already own on DVD although no Disney Plus originals are primarily marketed to children and young teenagers. So why isn't Disney marketing out as much to adults? Well, with other than shown TV shows that most fans would own as a DVD collection, such as Simpsons and Star Wars fans, which may suggest the reason not many are signing up to the subscription service. According to many Star Wars enthusiasts I have spoken to, they insist that Disney may have ruined the Star Wars franchise. That's in their opinion, it's also your opinion and some of us, Opinions if they have or haven't ruined the Star Wars franchise. So more turned off to the idea of Disney Plus originals aimed at adults like the Manadorian. The Manadorian. The, the Manadorian. I am so bad at pronouncing names of stuff. I have spoken. Disney has at least 18 original Disney Plus shows available along with a mass library of nostalgic shows from when I was younger such as Hang on Montana, Phineas and Ferb, *Sweet Life of Sack and Cody and That's so Raven. But other than these great names they haven't released other great titles such as Pair of Kings and Cody in the House. Another annoyance about Disney Plus is that they've got the Ice Age movies are available on its servers, but they don't have Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, which is one of my favourite Ice Age films. So having an Ice Age smartphone is merely impossible, along with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which isn't fully complete. You have a deal with Sony for Spider-Man, why not work something out with Sony to stream the Spider-Man films? Yes, Disney has a section in the Marvel category called The spider first which shows the cartoons and shorts which were shown on Disney XD back in the day. So why are you doing this Disney? Complete franchises, please, so I could have an nice H on like a man child I am. As a current partial subscriber to both streaming services I find my attention still being diverted to Netflix. Is there others out there that would agree with me. So I headed over to the Facebook group called the Geek Asylum asking my fellow inmates about their preferences and reasoning behind which platform they prefer and this is what they had to say. Harry Graham from the radio show Lights, Camera, Action as presented on Sunland's community radio Spark stated, Now Netflix just have a wider range which is great whilst Disney Plus is mainly good for really old school content that is probably hard to find on DVD and Blu-ray. This further warns a matter of preference but Netflix has the upper hand of showing content that's coming to the service in the week, while Disney Plus doesn't. This is only because I'm doing a community radio show, and at the minute, due to lockdown and cinemas being shut, I'm providing listeners with new content available on the platforms. On the other hand, no, Disney Plus has the advantage of providing more nostalgic content that's probably wasn't released really since the days of VHS. Another Geek Asylum inmate... Nevs Coleman feels Disney is responsible for borrowing too many stories and adding them to their intellectual property portfolio. The outright swiping of the plot of The Lion King from Tezuka is shocking. I'd really well that Disney didn't have to swear they did over the creative landscape and are prone to revisionist history on an Orwellian level. It was interesting to learn that Jack Kirby worked for Disney to say the least. Netflix seem to be more interested in letting the creatives types pursue ambition and giving a home to shows that might have disappeared otherwise due to lack of funding, like Black Mirror, for example, or taking chances on ideas that seem unlikely on paper. Brackets a musical teen comedy murder mystery social cometa- commentary show, or a multi-season explor- exploratory of women in prison. And finally, another opinion from Charlie Lynch, another inmate of the Geek Asylum Facebook group. Love both. I'm not a huge Disney fan, but Star Wars and Marvel are big on my favourite lists. So that's a win for Clone Wars, the Mandalorian, and upcoming Kenobi series. On the flip side, Netflix has Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Breaking Bad, Peaky Blinders and a ton of comedy movies I like. To expand my original comment, I think overall I get more value and watch time out of Netflix. But Disney Plus has just enough stuff I like that caters to my interests to make it more than worth the small cost I pay for it. I love the accessibility for both on mobile apps as a travel for work purposes and it's an excellent way of passing time to watch shows on a tablet or even mobile phones. So did Tiger King really save Netflix? Interrupt our programme to bring you this important message. We now return to your regular programming. No, it didn't, but creating great shows such as Tiger King may play a part in Netflix, staying afloat in the streaming service industry. A statistic score, Disney is still behind on users and what's currently available as they have a massive influence on keeping content family friendly. So to the day of this episode being published, Netflix is still the king of streaming and will continue to grow within the foreseeable future. So Disney, both are brilliant streaming services, don't get me wrong, and both have their charms and their audiences in mind. And with Disney being slightly cheaper than Netflix, you can get both services for less than £15 a month. Depended on price plan from netflix so in all sense you can get the best of both worlds worlds. (laughs) i am currently writing a review on disney plus which will soon be released on my journal at www.jfingerson.net it may take a while as the issue with writing and talking about disney is that i am contacted Contacted what no contracted not contacted, sorry, contracted with Disney as I worked on a Disney film with them last year. Due to confidentiality reasons, I cannot inform you which film it is, but I am excited to see it on the big screen. So most stuff said about Disney during this podcast was used for educational material, so was the sounds used from their shows and used as a comparison towards Netflix, along used for entertainment value. Also, over my journal, you'll be able to read the review I read out that was at the beginning of this episode. If you've got anything to say on this matter, you can communicate with me on social media, like Facebook and Twitter. My handles are in the description of this podcast. As it's the end of my podcast, my first episode, I shall leave you with this information. In Russell Crowe's new film, he stars as a man that ate his wife and is quite pleased with himself in Glad He Ate Her (laughs) Uh, I amuse myself